Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, welcome to the Egg Chasers podcast. Uh, This is a podcast made by rugby fans for rugby fans, not taking ourselves or the game too seriously, leaving the pundits to do the punditry, the analysts to do the analysing. We just love the game of rugby. And uh, let's introduce the team firstly. We have got professional, in inverted commas, because it is Sedgley Park. What level is that you're at now, Phil? Uh, National to north it is now. Still pretty good. (laughs) Still pretty tidy. Still on the way down, though. (laughs) (laughs) We have got angry Welshman Jay. Thanks, boss. Thanks for having me. And we've got rugby league convert Blake. Uh, good to be back. And uh, I'm Tim. Well, let's uh, let's have a look at the state of the union this week. The first story involves uh, Leicester's Dan Cole, who was accused and then cleared of biting Ignacio Mires, the Worcester Warriors fly half, but not before drawing blood. It was apparently an accident uh, during the game. But I think we should jump to Dan Cole's defence because I think he's only embodying the spirit of the Tigers and what they stand for. He was literally being a Tiger. And I reckon more people need to show the same level of commitment uh, playing for their team. So question for you, gents. If other teams were to live up to their nickname, what well, could we do? I think, uh, didn't Danny Kerr actually do that for a few years? Harlequins are jesters. So he, he demonstrated <laughs> yeah. those uh, attributes for Some, at least a couple of years off the pitch. Sometimes I, I, um, I watch Danny Cipriani play and I think that actually does look like a shark on dry land. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, when when you said about this, I thought, well, instead of going down, who should play like like the like the namesake? Who shouldn't play like namesake? So I found some names. I mean, obviously you've got teams in the NRL where these nicknames kind of started, and you've got Parramatta Eels. Why would you want to be an eel? <laughs> Strikes then, fear into the opposition, <laughs> that doesn't it? Like an eel on land, and then roosters. I would like to see on the rugby pitch. Chicks, chicks. Chicks. Yeah. Chicks dig roosters, that's a fact. <laughs> all, the, all the animals seem to be split into two categories. There's the predators, the sharks, the lions, the tigers, cheetahs, falcons. And then the prey animal. And the prey. <laughs> Springbok, wallaby. Yeah, I might start up a club called Manchester Nutritious Grassland then. <laughs> well, I think the Americans have got us all beat here. I, I found some um, college football teams. The Scottsdale Community College of Fighting Artichokes. Genuine, <laughs> genuine, genuine American really? football team. I like the vision of uh, Rob Baxter before Exeter Chiefs matches doing a, 
a pretty much talk that involves a powwow and a ceremonial passing of a pipe. Maybe <laughs> for every big smash in a match, for every big smash in a match, you get another feather. I was actually about to ask if you were serious then. I can't, I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone going into King's Home should be issued with a workbench and uh, <laughs> some screws and a, and a rake in, when they go into the shed. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. How bath? I don't know. Oh, the wreck! You should only have to be smashed to go in. <laughs> stoop, of the stoop. Stoop. <laughs> yeah, there's like a high very low gates. Yeah, really. Very low gates. <laughs> well, it's the first weekend uh, in England, at least, for the new scrum laws, and you've watched some of the games, and some of us amongst us have uh, played in uh, games at lower level. So I want to know what do you make of the new scrum laws. Jay, what do you think? As a, as a prop, a converted oh, well, prop. A prop, indeed. Did um, you prop at the weekend? I played tight, yeah. yeah. Is that every single position on a rugby field you played <laughs> at first-team no, level? No, I have not played at first-team level hooker. Um, Surely scrum half as well with your hands. Fly half. Well, easy. Um, yeah, th- th- what was it like? Uh, for me, it was easier. Um, not to get too boring and technical, but it makes it, well, less technical. Uh, you, you manage to engage and you can set your feet and then you can push. It turns it into like a squatting contest rather than an actual scrimmage. It appears better. Yeah. The worst thing about the old laws was the impact and it it seemed to create a lot of instability. Yeah. And it, this is just taking that out it's, of it. It's never happened to me because I don't hit very hard and don't push very hard. But uh, apparently, apparently that was the, the the reason that they had to reset because they were hitting so hard and bouncing and bouncing. Yeah, out. and not so. getting a proper engagement because they were trying to hit too yeah, hard. I, I, can't, I can't see it really being a bad thing. I, I think. Like well, I think at the end of the day, the reason you play, play a sport, you can say, oh, it's, it's to get fit or oh, anything no, Just like before that. we stop, this is a rugby league person talking about scrummaging. Oh. But carry, <laughs> carry on, Blake. Carry on, Blake. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm going to make a rugby league point. It's is it spectator sport and watching a scrum collapse sixteen times a game is not is not what it's about. I reckon it's great insight from the RFU to change the law there, get rid of a three point penalty, and then we're on to a winner. I reckon. Agreed. You want to see people running expansive rugby yeah. ball in hand. You don't want to see like the last five six nations. There've been four or five minutes at a time of reset scrum, reset scrum. I quite like it. Let's oh. <laughs> just do it. Having watched pretty much all the rugby that there was over the weekend, I just, I, it's just still an element of a lottery. I think it'll settle down, but um, I, you practically, some of the referees, you just think might as well turn up with a magic eight ball. Yeah. Well, this is a completely uh, abstract concept to me, I've yeah. got to say. <laughs> I, think, I think on that one we'll move on. And uh, BT Sport, now they've bedded in a little while, so what do we make of their coverage, maybe compared to what Sky Sports were offering uh, for the Aviva Premiership? What do you reckon? Okay, so do I, are you asking, do I prefer the multi-million pound set of BT Sport or the five-pound haircut of Stuart Barnes? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> Even with the it's a knockout, Austin Healy, Matt Dawson little match-up, like you quite it's, like that? It, it seems very well thought through. They had the uh, social media hub in the BT oh, Sport. Yeah. Oh, that was a, a bit unnecessary. Oh, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I think it's, um, I think they've taken a lot of keys from like, American sport and that can only be, be a good thing <laughs> trying to get the masses involved yeah I but I don't care what the masses think to be honest <laughs> I don't <laughs> that's the worst thing about it so when, when it's like when it's oh, no. league I guess <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly but when on the news when for the, for the point of for the point of balance, they'll have a doctor there and then they'll have um, Sue, who they pulled off the street. <laughs> um, what do you think, Sue? Well, well I don't care what Sue thinks. <laughs> well, I think the smug factor has been turned up to uh, 11 with uh, Healy and Dawson, but I, I actually quite like the banter. Bayfield's on, on, Oh, he's on, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Bayfield, yeah, Ben Kay. There's a few quality. Yeah, guys. They're good. Uh, one of the interesting things is quite funny. Um, there's a bit of an advertisement for BT, obviously their broadband service. They got uh, Mark Quato 
live via Skype in the studio trying to interview him <laughs> and the, the interview continually broke up until it eventually cut out two minutes into it I'd so love... demonstrating the quality of BT broadband I would love I would love Skype to sue <laughs> That was the State of the Union on the Egg Chasers podcast. Uh, so what do you make of that then? BT Sport versus Sky and their coverage of the Premiership. The new scrum laws. Dan Cole, the Tiger, living up to his nickname and how other players and teams could do it. If you have anything to say on any of those topics or anything else you hear, at Rugby Podcast is our Twitter account. We'd love to have you following and uh, contacting us. And eggchasers.com. Well, there's loads more guff uh, that you can get involved with and could be featured on the next Egg Chasers podcast, uh, where now... It's time for the Rucked Up interview. I find one of the superstars of our game, Gavin Henson today, and have a bit of a, a natter with him. But before I do, um, just this little legal message, JB. Yeah, I just need to read the following warning. Uh, this isn't real. It's Rucked Up, man! Well, welcome to the very first, the inaugural Rucked Up interview. Uh, so I'm delighted, and thank you very much for being here. Gavin Henson. This is a, an unbelievable opportunity for me and I couldn't pass on it. Thanks. Well, it's good to have you here. Uh, now, I want to get into your psyche. What are you doing immediately before kickoff in the changing room? Oh, it obviously involves fake tan. Um, <laughs> no, I moisturise, I do my hair. Gavin, I did hear a story of you mixing up the Vaseline tub with your hair wax. Yeah, I'll be honest, I do have nightmares about it. Yeah, it, it, was, it was frightening. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, your image is important to you. You're a ladies' man. But I've got to ask you, Gavin, if there was one man that could make you turn, who is that man? Johnny Wilkinson. You know, hopefully that's going to be an amazing sort of combination. But we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Why, Johnny? Uh, body felt great. Fair enough, Gavin. Right, quick fire question time for you then. And first question, Gavin. What's your date of birth? Oh, crikey, I don't know now, I can't remember. OK, I'll go for something a bit easier. Uh, what's your favourite vegetable? The the carrot. Should have known that, it's orange. How many women have you got on the go at the moment? Twelve. <laughs> That's going to keep you busy. And tell me, what does it feel like to be punched by a teammate in a crowded bar? I love it, it's amazing. What, is that because of all the media attention you got afterwards? Yeah. Gavin Henson, thank you very much for joining me and being my first guest on the Rucked Up interview. What do you make of the podcast so far? It's, it's great if it's like that all the time. It's Rucked Up, man! Gavin Henson there, uh, an insightful chat, I'm sure you agree. Yeah, you really got him to open up there. Uh, so what do you make of Gavin Henson's move to Bath Rugby? Uh, a silly move of golden booth or inspired? What, what are we going to be saying at the end of the season, do you reckon? Good move for him to <laughs> get paid a lot of money to sit on the bench for... You, want, you, know, you said it's a good move, but he's already been dropped once. Oh, I slow thank on the uptake there. Thank you. A pantomime villain, but I think he's genuinely serious. He wants to get back in the Welsh team. As a Welshman, would you... I think he's genuinely serious about paying his bills after splitting up with Charlotte Church. <laughs> That's what I would say he's genuinely serious about doing, but I don't know the guy. And two, well, two or three more years of rugby, he wants to try and... Uh, yeah, what is he, like 30... 31, 30, something one, like that. God. Like well, I'll give it to him, he doesn't look it. <laughs> he, he, whatever he's been doing has been working well, we'll leave Gavin Henson to one side because there is a very important job for us to do uh, gentlemen now whereas every other podcast and every other newspaper and rugby publication and website is reviewing the chances of the teams and has been reviewing the chances of the teams in the Aviva Premiership over the next season uh, I want us to simply review the stash because every single rugby player knows how important the stash is 
that feeling. It's like Christmas Day, isn't it, when the when the new bag of kit comes? Yeah, when you get the new kit, how it new, smells, oh. opening those wrappers, and, and, that, and that disappointment, that disappointment when the coach tells you that Macron are making your kit for next year. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, then um, you've you've seen all the teams play. Which team? Purely on kit alone, would you have as champions of the Premiership? Well, for me, and who would you have relegated? For me, going into the autumn-winter season, I know that <laughs> the greens greens are very much in in this year. So, two best kits for me are the tr- traditional Leicester kit mm. and the slightly more futuristic, more modern London Irish kit. Ugh. Rugby league-esque London yes, Irish uh, kit. ISC, it's fantastic. S- same design as St Helens. It's, it's good gear, the, the ISC gear. Though. Oh, it's really good. I agree with you, the first one. The Leicester kit is spectacular. I love the Leicester It's like, like racing green, you, you get dressed, oh, yeah. you look like an E-type drag, and it's like <laughs> a really nice little thing. They've got the, the, like the letters, so yeah. not just the numbers, the letters too. The Wasps kit was surprising. I, I quite like that. Uh, but just revisit the London Irish kit. From what I hear about London Irish's financial situation, it probably is old St Helens kit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm a big fan of, and not because I'm gainfully employed at times by them, but I'm a big fan of Sail Shark's kit. Samurai, the new gear. Samurai, yeah, doing some good clobber. Ooh. Yeah, very nice. Shark, f- shark fin motif and... The, the nickname Sharks is just my, completely my appropriate for a landlocked country, uh, <laughs> landlocked country club <laughs> 40 well, miles from the you... Irish Sea. I would have to go for the best kit with Harlequins purely for the point that I actually, we did, we did this section on, on names and I thought, why would anyone ever call themselves Harlequins? So I did a bit of research. It turns out that it's um, way back when they used to be called Hampstead and then for legal reasons they need to change the name, but it still needs to be a H. So one day all the committee got together over a few beers, got a, got a dictionary out and went down till they got to Harlequins went, yeah, Harlequin sounds pretty good, let's stick with that. That was 130 years ago. No, 140 years ago, and they've stuck with it, and I'm, I'm proud of them for sticking with it because it's ridiculous. And I think every year's the same, every year's ridiculous, and thank you. <laughs> well put. Strong case. <laughs> I say worst kit, Gloucester. Yeah. What? It's it, horrible. Oh no, you're right. Cougar. Actually, it's horrendous. I also found the Gloucester kit. I think it's awful. Uh, there's a picture of Freddie Burns wearing it. He looks like a 12-year-old schoolgirl <laughs> in a dad's, dad's kit. Um, my champions, probably a toss-up between Leicester and London Irish. I'd split it down the middle. Wow. And Worcester's the worst. It's bland and boring. And <laughs> Next on our agenda is the Egg Chasers Dream Team. Now, this is a dream team because it's a topic that we've dreamed up and uh, we're going to try and fill 15 places in the team, which today is going to be the Nightmare 15. So we're looking for the team that is the biggest liability, the most likely to get into trouble on and off the field, a coach's nightmare. Let's pick our 15. Where should we start? Front row. Props. Matt Stevens, good case for him being included. Why Why would that be, Phil? Uh, yeah. um, for legal re- reasons, mm, I don't think I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> he is looking massive, like good weight and bad weight. His uh, head is enormous. Is there a bigger head in world rugby? <laughs> Jamie Roberts. That is an yeah, enormous Jamie Rob- head. Yeah, Jamie Roberts and Paul O'Connell. Least, Paul O'Connell's At least Jamie Roberts' head is in proportion to his body. <laughs> but that, I think that could be a future dream 15. Yes, yeah, a huge head 15. So, yeah, let's move off. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt Stevens, due to past form, uh, which we won't go into, yes, makes the 15. Um, anyone else in the front row? Kevin Yates. Ooh, earbiter. Yeah, earbiter. Uh, was he Bath and Sharks? Bath Sharks, former England. Uh, and Waikato for a little while. Mm. Uh, hooker of uh, Dylan Hartley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, 
not so much hard work like media hard work, but the man that could never ever lose weight, Darren Morris, <laughs> <laughs> King Eater. I mean, that, that, must, that must be difficult. He was a big man. He, yeah, he was nice. <laughs> he was a big man. <laughs> uh, right, so front row sorted out yeah, into the locks. An enforcer or two that would be a coach's nightmare. I just wouldn't like to tell Danny Grucock what to do. I mean, yeah. that, that, that would be a nightmare in its, you know, in its own right. What? He was a phenomenal specimen in his day, wasn't he? he, he glorious. Jamie Whitmore as well is a. Oh, well, he's, he's got a checkered past, doesn't he? Yeah, checkered past on and off the field. Not only does he cons- consistently get in fights on the field, but. When he was 16, in, growing up in Canada, he was a, an enforcer for a lo- local drug lord, <laughs> which That's surely awesome. has got to put, put him up there for the nightmare Nightmare 15. Uh, into the back row, then. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump straight in there with Andy Powell. It was, poli- it was police that pulled him over on the M4. I think oh, any yeah. of the weekend... Yeah. In a golf no, buggy, I, I, going the wrong way, whilst yeah. over the limit. You've always got a story topper friend. I would love to have... I love to have Powell round when this happened. Like, oh, this one time I got so drunk I woke up in a skip and... That's nothing, mate. I was going down the wrong side of the M4 in a golf cart. <laughs> Drunk on International Weekend after, after beating such and such. Yeah. I, I think that story, actually, is, is, is an indictment of the terrible society w- w- which we live in now. Because it's immediately reported all over social media. Well, actually, back in the day, what really would have happened is the police would have pulled him over. And, Are you on your pal? Good lad. Good, good win. Off, off you go. Might, might, might have even given him a lift or maybe a toe. <laughs> not anymore. Or the back row. What position was Trevor Brennan? Uh, according to according to Gareth Thomas, he's the dirtiest player that he's ever played with, and he's played with quite a few players. So, <laughs> playing against Ulster with Toulouse, and he leapt into the stands, which was housing the Ulster fans, and repeatedly struck uh, a guy in the face, <laughs> who he claimed had basically abused his mum. As oh, he suddenly he was banned for life, yeah. <laughs> and then retired. Yeah, Jerry Collins. Wow. Um, enforcer on the field, but legend, le- oh. all, all black legend. But, but well, last, last year, um, got st- stopped in a Japanese because he's playing in Japan. Got stopped in a Japanese department store carrying a 19-inch knife. You need to look up um, because Tim's just tapping away on the, on the computer. Yeah, yeah. Look up Ber- Bernard Cholly. Uh, he was picked up to play for I think Perpignan based on his performance in a bar fight where the Perpignan president was <laughs> uh, was actually present. Uh, Ex-French para. He was an army boxing champion. That's, that's and a boy. spud farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and he laid out four Scots in one game and on another, when one of his team was beaten up in a match in South Africa playing for France, he punched out three Western province players. Uh, when Gary Knight made his all-black debut in 1977, Cholly eye-gouged his opponent and tore his eyelid. That's uh, <laughs> behaviour that cannot be condoned. And in the same year, before a test match against Ireland at Lansdowne Road, Cholly punched the ceiling in the changing room so hard, he actually put his fist through the timber. <laughs> his hand swelled to the size of a small melon, but he still took the field and France won 15-6. Wow. That's a brilliant shout, Jay. Well Thank played. You. There's also a French flanker who died playing Russian roulette. Look him up. <laughs> I can't we'll believe that was... Yeah, leave, leave the back room. Yeah. At number nine, there's going to be some contenders here, isn't there? Piri Wipu. Mm. What, what's he ever done? Piri, World Cup winner? Uh, straight after the World Cup, reported for training, 15 kilograms overweight. Oh, well, he won the World doing, Cup, doing nothing for three months but drinking and eating. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We've all known a player that's come back after pre-season with serious um, yeah. pies. No, that's, okay. that's the best part of three stone. That's a lot overweight. <laughs> And ten, we've got our man. Where do we start? Spoil- Cipriani Cooper. Oh, Cipriani. Where Henson. Do you start? 
Do we? Uh, is that our midfield axis right there? Oh, how about uh, Barkley? But you got you got to have a bit, a bit of Barkley in there. Uh, Curly Beal, or would you keep keep him at fullback? Keep, is he just it, too much of a, pre- a precious asset to the team? Keep him at fullback. Yeah. Yeah. In in the centre, there's a few more. Oh yeah. I, I think uh, the recent convert to convert to convert to convert, um, Sonny Bill Williams. He's converted religions. He's converted. <laughs> he's converted from sports, and he just doesn't feel like he. I don't think he needs to be there. Not only is he does it. He want, oh, well, I want to box this week. What, what do you want to do this week, Sonny? Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll try darts. See if I can become <laughs> become the New Zealand champion for that. And but not only that, he just seems like a really dull guy. He doesn't drink. <laughs> Contrasting from his early rugby league days, where he was a bit of a boozer and got in a few, yeah, so few he... fights. And I mean... <laughs> all right, but in Sonny Bill's defence, he doesn't seem interested, and he constantly wants a new challenge. I'll go with that. But at least he's honest. Look at yeah. Matthew Matthew Bastero. Yeah. And the lies that he told during it was when they were in New Zealand, wasn't it? Yeah. CCTV footage showed that um, he was in a fight, and what did he say? Oh no, no! He she... said he'd mistakenly drunk. He said he'd fallen over in his in his hotel room. Wasn't it the other way around? Oh no, sorry. Yeah, you're it right. Was, was, CCTV footage showed nothing. He he returned uh, to training with cuts and bruises all over his face, and said that he was in a fight on a night out. Got picked picked on by a few uh, Do you know what, New that... Zealanders, but he actually was fell ha- o- hammered and fell over in his <laughs> hotel room. In my mind, that, <laughs> that is infinitely worse. In my mind, that speaks wonders for for the French team, which is you you, you better come back with a good drinking story. <laughs> if you come back here with uh, some some abstract injury, not interested. <laughs> and is it Curtly Bale at fullback? Oh, one of wingers, well, wingers well, and fullback back three. Well, yeah, there's a few wingers. The the two Alagis who have yet to be mentioned could put someone forward for most positions. Alessano had been in numerous fights on the wing, but Zach Guilford has had a lot of problems with booze, uh, most famously shortly after the World Cup. There was a wedding on one of the Cook Islands that he wasn't invited to, but he turned up halfway through the evening do, naked, bleeding, blind drunk, and tried to attack some of the guests. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think. What about uh, Wendell Saylor? Yes, and also I oh, think wow, cocaine and booze. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. And also, he must—he was that hard. No one ever told him that Wendell Saylor was a camp name. <laughs> so, like, that's pretty tough. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Curtly Beal at fullback to round it off. Oh, nice. That's a pretty badass fifteen, gentlemen. Well played. Uh, right then, um, we've heard from Gavin Henson already on the Egg Chasers podcast, but now it's time to uh, hear from Scott Quinnell his fellow countryman, uh, on who he thinks wore the number eight shirt best out of everyone that's ever worn it. Who of all the players ever to pull on a number eight shirt in world rugby, who wore it best? I'm sure many people would say you, but I know you're a a humble man. Uh, So who was the great eight? And instantly that sprung to my mind was a couple of Kiwis, Zin Zambrooks and Wayne Shelford and uh, Lawrence Delalio, one of your reversaries for many years, and Pat Lamb, guys like that. Uh, Well, if I don't say my father, I will get my pocket money on the weekend. (laughs) Uh, And if I don't say Merv the Swerve Davis, then, you know, I'd I'd never live it down. But apart from that, let's take take the Welsh guys out. Yeah, obviously, they're going. That's saying that's that's one, oh, one two oh, one two and yourself obviously. at three, but who's four? Uh, I, my 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 idol, my absolute idol was Buck Shelford, uh, you know, and uh, it was absolutely incredible uh, to watch him play in '89 when uh, the, the New Zealand side came over to Slashley and we 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 I think it was six uh, three at half time, and it was an absolute gale. We turned out, we thought we've got this, we've absolutely got it, and then we didn't see the ball for 40 minutes in that second half, and they beat us uh, down in Stradi, and he just shoved the ball up his jumper and said, right, if you want to come again. 
dominated off me and just 15 Scarlet was tried to get I tell you what he was absolutely incredible one, one of the great number eights but as well I've got to say you mentioned him Zin Zambrook you know and uh, every time I meet him he doesn't stop going on about that drop goal uh, in, in, in the World <laughs> Cup and uh, it's wonderful because when, when I'm with Will Carlin he doesn't stop does not stop ribbing him it's absolutely fantastic uh, so those two guys uh, they, they, they were they, they were pretty special thanks ever so much for your time Scott Quinnell thank you very much Tim cheers boys there you go Scott Quinnell picking Wayne Shelford and Zinzan Brook as the best two number eights ever to have worn the shirt what do we make of that then boys is there anyone else you would want to put forward it pains me to say it but um, it, well from watching rugby in my time uh, no one really has done more than Lawrence Darlil I thought he wasn't an eight G. What's yeah. this? Okay, well, I've got a theory. No, it's not a theory, it's a fact. But he didn't start <laughs> off as an eight. He was he was a six and played a lot of games for Sps as six. And when England picked their, their holy trinity back, back row, they picked two sevens and a six and then merged them into seven, six, eight, which is what we, ha- which is what we had at the end. And he only won a, a World Cup in a number eight shirt, a... Yep. Um, yep. He won a he won a Lions series in a number six shirt, didn't he? Thank was you very much. He was. It was. Yeah. Uh, who was the Who film. was the eight in that back row in the it Rodber was. Tim Rodber? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it was. But he won a World Cup in a number eight shirt. He won the European Cup at least once. Did he win it twice? Twice, I think. I in, think in, a, in a, a number eight shirt. I think it's a testament to exactly how good he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair shout. There you go, lol. Uh, one for you. Any any more? I would say Pierre Spies, just because oh. on paper this guy was a freak. He should have been the best is, eight that ever touched the game. Still could be. Yeah. Well, mm. he's getting on a bit. I mean, I, my first experience with, it, with him was uh, on my Xbox game, and I was playing <laughs> South Africa, and I look at this, I look at his stats, and I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah, speed twenty, yeah, power twenty, everything hands at twenty, two. hands two, <laughs> yeah. yeah, aggression, aggression one. <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> for him, um, I'd, I'd go for current All Black and underrated number eight, Kieran Reed. That's the best ever. I, I think he's yeah, wow. That was a World Cup winner. Did, did anyone see? Put uh, the try the week at uh, the weekend against Argentina that he set up, picked off the base of a scrum, wow, and took in two Argentinian players, two Argentinian defenders, and hooked the ball round the back of one of them for the nine Smith coming round to dive into the corner. Wow, fantastic try! I'm going to throw one more into the mix, and I think I would have probably gone with uh, Wayne Shelford myself, but uh, someone who definitely deserves a mention, Sergio Parise. Yeah. In, in, a, in a losing team, generally, to be that influential and that good, I think he would have, particularly a few years ago, walked into any side in international rugby and been the star. Just Ag- close with me. Parise, he is Argentine, right? I think his father was Italian, but he was born because his father was playing rugby in Argentina. Argentina. <laughs> Argentina. Argentina. Um, so he's... Italian heritage, but was born there. Yeah, as, as opposed to Castro Giovanni, who is, I think, a full-blown Argentinian. Is he? Um, but has played. I bet for they're both ruining that decision now. What's what's the link? What's the link between Italy and Argentina? Because there's a load of players that have done that. Yeah. Uh, not very good at fighting Tr- wars. <laughs> 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 I think we'll leave that there. Uh, now we come to, and I'm very excited about this. Now you've, you've just heard a, a, a classic line from him there, but JB, our angry Welshman, has an encyclopedic knowledge of rugby. Appreciate that. Uh, but you're about to drop a knowledge bomb. That's, well, more of a knowledge carpet bomb by the sound of that, but 
fair enough. We'll go with it. Uh, right then, what, what have you got to tell us about? What, educators. Um, who's familiar with sale sharks? Very familiar. Okay, can anyone give me the name of the of the sale A team? The Jets. The Jets. Right. I hate them. What have you got against the Jets? I may, I may have trifled down there. It didn't end well, let's put it that way, and I don't know who's listening. Jets, the Jets missed out big time, basically. Big time. Oh, their loss, Blake, their loss. Oh, so, so come on, then. Has anyone got any, any idea behind the name the Sharks and the Jets? Why would they be so-called the Sharks oh, I don't know, it Sharks sounds a lot Jets. like West Side Story, but I'm sure you're going to tell me more. Thank you, Blake. It is indeed West Side Story. No, that's not real. That is actually real. What happened is they... Uh, <laughs> wow. Is they needed uh, a name for the club. Uh, they had two teams, and the player's wife said, well, what about West Side Story? They're two opposing gangs. And then they became the Sharks and the Jets, which I think is the most pathetic story in rugby history. So, um... <laughs> is that real? That You're is not... genuinely yeah, real. I knew that because Jade told me. <laughs> so... Okay, then, now on the Egg Chasers podcast, it's time to find out uh, those items in rugby and out of rugby that we would want to kick into touch, metaphorically speaking. Every rugby club has got a a man and his dog by the side of the pitch. And that dog for the Egg Chasers podcast is uh, JB's dog, Rudy. And uh, we're going to find out what's made Rudy sad this week. Yeah. Rudy gets sad about stuff uh, in and out of rugby. Uh, the first thing that's making Rudy sad, I'm going to propose, is um, it's quite simple. Andy Goode's hair. Wow. <laughs> quite simple. That makes me, uh, have you it seen makes it? Me sad. If, you start, if you started to recede, the, the, surely it's an unwritten rule. You just shave it off. Yeah. yeah. You accept the fact you're losing your hair. He's, he's one step away from a, from a roadie for ACDCs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, made really very sad. Um, and one thing out of rugby that I'm going to put forward is that time when you're, you're a driver and you come up to a pedestrian crossing and there's a pedestrian and they hit the button and then cross because there's no cars, meaning that when you stop, you're stopped uh, and there's no one crossing the road. Selfish. Yeah. Just, just go, just go. <laughs> you'd, you'd condone... I, I would put my life on condoning driving, driving through a red, a red light. light and I do, this all, I do this all the time, so I can guarantee it's 100% safe. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I recommend all new drivers should start early so they get used to it, actually. Um, it's, if you see a red light and it's clear both ways, go, just go. Yeah, well, <laughs> good sound but, advice to learn a driver's trick. I, I, I'm on, I'm on the, on the, um, on the pedestrian side of this argument. Being, well, being there's a no poor pedestrian there, so there is no pedestrian no, side. No, I'm, I'm saying that you press the button and you see an opportunity, and it's like the rugby pitch. You see an opportunity, you've got to go for the opportunity. Oh, look at that! You bringing it back around to rugby. It what a stuff! Really wow. Mean. Here's an amazing thing that I learned today about zebra crossings and the buttons underneath you know the, the little box that you press the oh, button yeah. and the green I, I man comes on underneath yeah. right when the green man comes on uh, there's a little nodule thing that spins around so that people who are deaf and or blind can can feel it and know that the green man is flashing so it'll spin around yeah so then it'll until, spin until it's clear yeah Wow. Do you know I, that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and also, the can buttons the, don't work. That's the other thing as well. Can we have the bomb sound effect? Yeah, hold on. <laughs> I, want a, I want a knowledge bomb sound effect. The buttons don't work all the time. Sometimes they just yeah, disable them. Some, yeah, I know that because you can tell. Because some traffic lights, it doesn't impact it at all. Like on, on busy roads. That makes sense. <laughs> Here we go. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> 
one final segment on the Egg Chasers podcast this week is just highlighting the NFL season, which started on the very same weekend as the English Premiership and the English Rugby season. And uh, I think that there are egg shaped ball cousins from the other side of the Atlantic they deserve uh, some mention uh, we can't just let Blake mention uh, Rugby League and the <laughs> NRL constantly throughout the whole show so the Egg Chasers USA there's one story that I thought was was worthy of, of mention and that is the fact that Nigel Melville the former Gloucester in England scrum half has tried to take Tim Tebow who is basically the Gavin Henson of American football and he's trying to take him to Rugby Union I'm pretty sure Tebow's next stop is going to be the House of Representatives. I just have that feeling that his next thing is uh, being a politician. But I wonder, just a very, very quick one then to round it off, uh, which rugby players uh, could make the transition to the NFL best of all? The kickers, 100%. Uh, there's people who've had offers and they seem to have big issues with kicking the ball directly in front of the sticks and I reckon... <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that we we have some good kickers go over there once he retired. Andy Goode, um his hair would be hidden by a helmet, so that'd be a bonus. <laughs> I'll go with that. I've got an I've got one. Gethin Jenkins, right? He could be a, an offensive lineman or something uh, because they only play 16 games a season if they're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much Gethin at the minute, isn't it? Does that but, mean I could uh, do that as well? Yeah, so that's about my limit for a well, season. Apparently, the New York Jets have an office in. Uh, in Australia for you know various talent reasons and one of the guys that they were linked with was Greg Inglis yeah that's one and they've also got on the on the roster roster because it's American not rotor um, roster for last year um, a South African tight end who was converted second row second row from rugby so uh, it has been done there's wow al- there's also a I can't remember his last name Hayden Smith. Saracens Hayden Smith he, yeah he played, played for Saracens yeah. he was Australian and he played for the Australian basketball team or tried for yeah. the Australian basketball team moved to America to play college basketball then started playing rugby somewhere in between got a contract with Saracens and then went back to America and he was in the New York Jets mm-hmm. the wider training squad at least I don't know if he actually made it up there oh, maybe, maybe it's him then maybe it's him uh, uh, yeah because he was a second second row now, that's a perfect example of somebody with too much talent to succeed <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. so good at everything he just can't nail one down I'm guessing Sonny Bill could play somewhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. do something couldn't he and yeah. probably win a Super Bowl or two retire do you not think that's the one thing I, when I watch NFL I go offload offload yeah. If, yeah. If, they, if anyone would risk an offload and, uh, and, and bring that from rugby into American I football love, have, so having played the sport and as JV has as well um it's impossible. I, I I caught the ball like a rugby ball. Everyone went crazy on I me. Mean, they they keep it in tight and everything. You run when you got the ball. You yeah. do not even look anywhere. Uh, the the other thing which I find fascinating about it is like you got rugby and American football. There's a lot of similar actions, but they've they've developed in two different ways. So the same thing has two different names: handoff or in American football, stiff arm, sidestep, juke. Um, nice. Just a, stiff arm. Yeah, that's good. Stiff arm him. I'm I think, we should, I think yeah. we should end on stiff arm. <laughs> Football boots, cleats, cleats, cleats. cleats. That doesn't even make sense. Stiff arm. <laughs> stiff arm is where, where where we're finishing the very first Egg Chasers podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and we will deliver it to you every single episode. And uh, get to eggchasers.com to continue the rugby chat. And we're also on Twitter as well at rugby podcast. Nice one, JB. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, Blake. Thanks. Nice one, Phil. Thank you. Stiff arm. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.